Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Red Men TV. My name is Ben Kelly. No final word this week, so we're bringing you something a little bit different, a bit of an October slash November review since the last international break. Joining me for this is Ross, Paul and Chris. Uh, we are back by The Athletic for this video, uh, the home of some of the best football writing content in the world, um, the, from the likes of James Pearson, Simon Hughes, from a Liverpool perspective. Um, you can get a fresh special offer that we've got partnered with The Athletic right now. Um, if you go to the athletic.co.uk forward slash Redman TV, you can get a 30-day free trial um, and 50% off your annual subscription for no ads or pop-ups for a whole year. Sounds pretty good to me. Um, but, gents, we got... Nailed um, it, Ben. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, yeah. I got, yeah. Um, sat there quite nervous about that before going in, but there we go. Um, we've got, obviously, I've, I've put together a bit of an agenda. We've got a little information in front of us. Um Ross, 12 Premier League games in, um, yep. we're eight points clear at the top, one win, uh, one, what, 11 wins, one draw. I got through the athletic thing. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff people have been you come for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the we're football unbeaten. knowledge. The fo- yeah, the football knowledge. They were unbeaten um, and we're nine points clear of you know, probably who we'd all consider to be our you know, toughest competitors, Man City. It's all going rather well, isn't it? <laughs> Splendid, so yeah. yeah. Almost like I didn't want the international break to come. Mm, you know, when yeah. you're in a rhythm. Um, to you think- never do. Well, no, but it's just, I think we got a lot better at it, but I think previous season, going into our break and we come back, we, we lose that rhythm, we find it hard to get going again. Particularly, I don't think we've been playing particularly well either. Um, okay, City in, in parts, Spurs, as you mentioned before, I think we've been great, but we've kind of been grinding out results. We get to the part now where I think you need to you need to kind of do that again. It was a heavy fixture list for Liverpool and every other team. I think now it's about using our squad a lot more than we have yeah. been doing. I think we're trying to bed in Chamberlain, Cater coming back. There's other players that haven't had as much game time as Shakiri. I think the time is to go and use all those players that we've got. It's really weird. I was thinking about some of the previous seasons when Liverpool have been at their best and what have you. It was inspired by a question I had about my favourite chocolate bar was and I was reminded of the double-decker in 2013-14 and me and Chris... What a fucking chocolate bar. Yeah, but... Not just in 13-14, it's continued its strong heritage. Yeah, but just not in my life. The um, But the 13-14, we had a little routine, didn't we? And we had to go to the same shop and we had to buy the same things from the same shop and do the same things on the way down to Anfield. And we did, like... as we No, when we were, but we were building up towards the end of the season and we were talking about how we were like, what are you doing at home? What are you doing that is the reason Liverpool are being good? Like, what is it you've changed about your routine this season? What is the thing that you're doing every single game? Is it your lucky socks, your lucky pants, your lucky chocolate bar, all this kind of stuff? And I'm sure we'll get to that. But at the moment, 
I the only the only tangible if if at all impact I'm having on Liverpool being dead good is that I, I shout quite noisily at the matches I go to yeah. and clap my hands and I, and I sing a bit. I don't feel as though this is built on. But, but look that, for the yeah, first time. But for that, because of how the level that we're playing at, the players we've got, how good we are, you don't feel the need to have to draw those comparisons because mm. in pre, you know, in thirteen fourteen, it's like. Well, you know, really, the squad, particularly at the back, we're not that good. So it must be something I'm doing. You know, yeah. you begin to you begin to draw those conversations yourself. With this, it doesn't. Feel you know like what that. it is? It's when you've got an absence of control in life. You tend people look for higher powers and superstition and all that kind of stuff to try and plug the gaps between their understanding and what they're actually and what they're actually seeing around them. And I think that's the difference. Is that I I, I have complete faith, and I think most of us now do in the the owner and owners and the manager and the players on the pitch. Which is quite freeing in some ways. It's really boring in other ways, to be honest. Yeah, because... Klopp is that superpower that you're looking for? Jurgen Klopp. I don't know. I've got a big game T-shirt. Like, still. Have you? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one, three, drawn one, but the draw was away at Old Trafford, so it's still so an unbeaten shirt. Which, uh, yeah, we won a trophy. We won. <laughs> um, they didn't. They didn't win a trophy. We did. So right. Sad. When it's the, when it's the big games, I'm still wheeling them out. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not past that stage quite yet, <laughs> even though I know I should be by now with this Liverpool side. So, ah, look, I just love watching this Liverpool side. And there is, look, we're not fucking superstitious anymore because we don't have to be. Because mm. Jürgen, as, as Ross says, has got it. Despite just admitting that you are still superstitious. Absolutely. <laughs> Can I bury that? <laughs> Eventually. Um, if we look back then, Chris, uh, we'll look back at this sustained period. So, so since the last international break, we played seven games in all competitions, drawing one and winning six. So we played, we played four in the Premier League, one in the Carabao Cup and two in the Champions League, both against Genk. Um, we've, uh, Ross has touched on there that obviously we're probably going to go into a period now where we are going to have to start rotating players um, because what I've got down written, written down for you is um, the total number of minutes per player, per competition in the game. And, I, and I've, I've discounted some players here. So Joe Matic played 90 minutes, but he's, he's not on my list. It's one between two, sorry. Um, Joe <laughs> I Matic... wanted to save paper. It was fantastic. <laughs> I know, well, you know. There's a lot of paper. There's a lot of paper. <laughs> Um, so Joe, Joe Matic played 90 minutes. He's not on the list because he, you know he's had a sustained period out of injury. Uh -huh. But Virgil Van Dijk and Allison have both played 540 minutes each. They're the two, obviously discarding Allison a little bit. And then you've got Sadio Mane, Fabinho, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who've all played 450 minutes or more, which is the equivalent of five full games or more. Uh -huh. So 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 you can see that a lot of them are starting to you know play quite a lot of football. But as Ross said before, Chris, you've got some players now like Naby Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Adam Lallana, you can see in the other competitions, not necessarily in the Premier League, are starting to get some minutes because obviously in this next period now of 14 games in 42 days, which again we'll come on to later, we're going to have to rely on them getting Premier League minutes somewhere. And, you know, Oxlade-Chamberlain in particular hasn't started a league game since Newcastle. Um, you would expect to see him start some over the next 14 games, absolutely. Oh, he absolutely has to. I, you know, I keep thinking about how we've discussed this over the last few months and stuff, is that Liverpool are just collecting points now and banking those points and then at some point you can almost take your foot off the gas and I, I, I'm expanding that point now and for me, what you do by Liverpool playing essentially the same team every week and winning games every week is you're actually forcing the hand of every other team. So is Guardiola able to put a, a, a rotated side out being nine points behind Liverpool at any point. Is he now thinking, 
I have to get every one of my good players in every week just in case. So it's not just what Klopp's doing to these Liverpool players and stuff, and he will have to get players in. But what is he doing to the other teams? They're not going to be in a position where they're going to be able to rotate anymore, yeah. and he's going to kill their teams mm. by just them going, well, I'm playing mine every week, and we're going to win games every week, and they're going... I really can't afford to fucking rotate any players here, boys. These guys are just going to win again. He's um, and it's I, I I largely agree. I think when you get to December, we talk about this all the time. Everybody get has too many fixtures in December. Yeah. So if you can just get yourself to a position, I I, I get it's, it's a stretch for the old analogy I've used in this on other shows. When was first advice I was ever given about getting drunk was off me mate that me mate's dad at New Year's when I was too young to be drunk and, it, and, it, and he said basically wait, wait till someone else first shows a sign that they're, they're pissed and then you're fine and that's the thing with Liverpool is that they're not ro- they're not rotating they're going to reach a point where everyone has to rotate and you'll find Liverpool rotate because you won't be a significant uh, drop off because yeah. if everyone's struggling then Liverpool will be able to cope with it a bit better than the, the, the teams around I feel and I think we're starting to see that in the trends set in, in this last period because everyone's saying where's Robertson getting his break Where's Trent getting his break? And okay, Trent's not had a particularly, you know, a particularly great break in there. I think he's only missed one game of footy, and that was a, a Champions League game. Um, Robbo's played slightly, slightly less minutes than not playing the the Carabao Cup games. Yeah. I think you're going to start to see that creep in a little bit more because with Milner, for example, Milner's getting got got all his minutes in the Champions League in this spell. Mm-hmm. You'll just put it. You'll just put it. You'll play more yeah. games of fullback because you'll need because we've only got two Champions League games left to play. Yeah. And once they're out the way. He'll need to play you, those games. Particularly if you beat Napoli. So, so the plan will obviously yeah. be, well, you beat Napoli at home, you then not necessarily play the kids, but you've got so much room to play about a bit more away at Salzburg. You can play, the, you know, that's where the, there'll be a key game of rest. You know, even the Napoli game itself, you know, at this point you'd fancy us to go through. So, you know, you, you can you can drop in a couple, I'd fancy us to beat Napoli at home, you know, largely with, you know, as long as you don't rotate too heavily, you know, you, but you could probably get away with, Maybe playing James Milner in that game, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I necessarily have a problem with that. And then obviously nobody's going to play at Villa, um, which you know, that's the, the Carabao Cup game. You know, on the way, all the all the kids are going to play there, and then you've got the World Club Cup as well. Uh, but Ross, if we just go back a little bit to some of the games, let, you know, let's talk through some of the performances and stuff from the previous spell, because obviously it started away at Man United, where we were quite poor, but it felt like you know we've taught. We talked quite a lot this season about this Liverpool side finding different ways to particularly win games, but to get a result there having played so poor historically isn't something that we do at Old Trafford. And that for me was a real big, having beaten Leicester just before the international break with a last minute penalty, that for me was another show, just another showing of, of the mentality this side has to, to go away at Man United, go a goal down, which we always do, not play very well. And in the end, actually, you know, we come away with a draw, which is a good result. We could have even won it. Yeah, it's just frustrating that the fact that we didn't perform that day. And again, it comes back to having an international break and coming back and not being in full flow. Mm-hmm. I think he rotated because I think Lara ended up playing that game coming on. And it coming was those on, substitutions yeah. that made a difference. I think we saw he went with his traditional front three that he does in big games, when I think people have been crying out for. I think it was him, Chamberlain, and. Well, him, Chamberlain, Chamberlain and Caton all came on. on but that's when we started it, yeah. to kind of force it and, and we, we, we got the goal. But I think you have to be careful who you choose. I think it was a good time to play Man United because they weren't very good. But also they willed in Turax Ferguson to give them a motivational team talk and he went <laughs> yeah. down to trade and stuff like that. He's always going to do it. But it seems like a mental block at Old Trafford where we just haven't been able to do it. I don't think Klopp's won there in his, his time at, at Liverpool. Um, but to get a point and not lose, I think, was massive. And then to go forward from that, of 
if that was the first points we dropped this, this season, mm. for them to just go and carry on. But it's not just that game that they show they don't give up and do it every week. Yeah. Well, we got I, the psychological I, boost from yeah. that because we finished that game. If that goes the other way around, if you know, if it's we if like we lose a one 0 lead, it has a complete yeah. opposite opposite effect. Whereas it actually, I think, it informs the games that follow it. Informs definitely informs the Aston Villa performance, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and and how we responded to that. I think you're right. I think we've had this and we talked about this a lot because like the, there's just we just shit the bed at Old Trafford, and I think. I don't until we win there, we're not going to see that we've broken that in any way, shape, or form. But the fact that we once we, we we went, oh, let's just go for it and see what happens. We went for it. We we were, you know we we, we, were we miles better. Yeah, and you know, and obviously the line gets equalised. So we got we got the the real spirit of positivity coming out of that game, which is mad because we probably could we probably shouldn't have it. It felt a bit like a wasted opportunity at the time because we had all our six balloons ready and all that because we were ready for a massive party, which it wasn't. But psychologically, the squad got to take something massive out of that. And, you know, I've heard it referenced in other places. We learned a lesson there that don't don't stop to celebrate. Draws aren't good enough. Mm. You know, the, the, the Aston Villa then went, subsequently showed us, actually, as long as there's a, there's a kick left in the game, there's a chance that you can score a goal. So as much as it was the, the disappointing result in the, in the league, there's, psychologically, there's probably real benefits that we've gained. Yeah. And the importance of a squad as well, because I think when Alana came on, I very remember people kicking off going, oh, well, Alana's come on, one of them, oh, Trafford and Alana's coming on, and then he scores a goal and then goes, oh, actually, he can do a job. Yeah, and obviously, Cater as well, you know, Cater's, for me, still a little bit on the fringes. He gets subbed off at home to Arsenal in the Cup, he gets subbed off at home to Gank, you know, they're games for me that he should be having more of an influence on, but you know, you could certainly see, you're still continuing to see flashes from the likes of him. And I think obviously that's where it all starts with Chamberlain as well, where he comes on. Most of his contributions, Chris, have been in the Champions League, you know, in the two Gank games, which in general were a bit of a non-event, the pair of them, you know, in terms of in terms of the context of this show, he his performances there were probably the most, most notable thing about them. But also between the Man United and the Villa game, you had Tottenham as well, which I think is really, I think, I think that's one worth talking about because we go behind so early and we still show the characters coming around. But actually, when I look back at all of our performances this season, particularly how good we were in the first half, for me, that was possibly our best performance of the season so far. And we certainly deserve to win that game. Up until that point, it definitely was yeah. the best first half performance, I think. I think it's the shared experiences this squad and this side have gone through which make them outstanding. And that goes back to, to, to before Kiev, and it goes all the way through Madrid, and it goes all the way through this season. You can teach someone how to play the role of a central midfielder in this team, but you haven't got that shared experience, and you guys haven't got those shared experiences. So every time we go behind now, we understand. We've been here before. Mm. We know how to, how to pull ourselves out of this situation. We understand how to win from these positions. And to the point where, actually, I think, the, if, if you allow me to skip forward a bit, Klopp probably walks into the City game and goes, boys, I know you can do it from behind, but, but let's make it easy on ourselves yeah. and maybe get an early goal this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to have to do that against Manchester City. And it, that, it's that shared experience that sets us apart because we've had such a settled line-up for so long now. All these players have been in the trenches with each other and know exactly how each other are going to react in those situations. And there's not one lad that you look around that team whose head drops. No. There isn't one fella whose head drops when we're behind. No. Not one. Every single one of them gets up and gets on with the game, puts whatever it is behind them that's happened and just continues to strive for three points. That's what sets us apart. And to be fair, what we've done from a technical perspective we've added this season, it's goals. Goals from other places. Because I think the, 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 the big questions are going to be, 
you've got the key members, that's good. I think we're starting to see the spine. In fact, let me just, so just make sure I've got it in front of me. Developing throughout this period. Virgil van Dijk, Alisson, Sadio Mane, Fabinho, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Roberto Firmino. That's like, yeah. they're, they're all of a sudden your you, you're absolute catch. How do we go about making sure that they get a little bit of rest? Like Sadio Mane in particular... Salah's obviously had an injury, so he's not. You know, we've had we've been forced to rotate him a little bit. But you know, it's Adam Alana coming on and scoring the goal. It's Oxide Chamberlain all of a sudden being being in the best goal scoring run of form that he's probably been in in his entire career. Um, we, we are Andy Robertson scoring at Villa, at Villa Park. You know, the, these are the kind of things that we've we, collectively, yeah, as far as our mentality has gotten loads better. But I think we always talk. We always talk about the mentality, don't we? You know, we're probably sat here saying, "Have Liverpool really put a ninety-minute, a scintillating ninety-minute performance together?" You know, I, I, I can think of games from last season and the season before where I'd go, "This, this is what I want to see loads more of." I think probably forty-five minutes against Salzburg is probably the best we've played this yeah. this season. Yeah, pro- probably. Um, it was perfection for that period, but we've not. I don't think we've really maybe touched upon it once or twice. I think you've mentioned a couple well, of I examples. Think, I think for me, the Tottenham one in the league. I think I know you said so far because I think you were probably implying that the City performance was better. I actually thought Tottenham in the league that first half. I think that's the best I've seen us play in the league this season because there were, and, and that's not necessarily saying that we played quite poorly against Man City. It's just Man City was so good. I thought Man City were really good in the Anfield game as well. You know, and Ross obviously the spell that we've just had like climaxes with the Man City win, and that's where we're up to now. We were discussing on the around the league when we filmed that this morning. That felt like a real statement when you know VAR and referee and decide put all that aside. We were better than Man City, and we were better than a pretty much a, a, a full strength Man City side. You know, bar the goalkeeper in the centre back, they had De Bruyne, they had Aguero, they had Sterling. They were all on the pitch. They were looking to win the game, and you know we, we discussed, didn't we, about it felt like a performance that would make people's heads turn, and you know the the, the fact that we showed up against, as I say, a really strong Man City side and put them to the sword a little bit, really. It, it, it felt like a, a real step forward in a statement. Yeah, I think, Chris, it's right before. When we've seen this progress throughout between two, three, four years, you, you know, you see it week in, week out, mm. whereas, you know, I think there's a perception of Liverpool or, or what they've done that, you know, it might drop off at some point. But yeah. I think we showed last season when we pushed each other, I think Liverpool just continued that, that run of form and, and the mentality that, that they've got. And you know, I said I spoke to a Man City fan, and she was like, it wasn't just she wasn't annoyed about the handball. She's like, that was our our best side, bar our goalkeeper, and like you wiped the floor with us. Mm-hmm. And that's a statement not just to the rest of the league, but to, to Man City as well. And but I also think it's it's good in the fact that other teams can take take from that. So like Leicester, Chelsea, when they could play City soon, have a go, because the past two three seasons people don't do that against Manchester City. They lost the game for a, for a ball was kicked. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, well, we're done now, but they can be got out because between now and. Um, January because the mission Laporte he's massive for them yeah. the, alright putting Fernandinho there he's not saying he's crap but he's not the same as Laporte no it's definitely not the same especially when you've got to take him out of midfield as well yeah. to sacrifice that I think for me why I like the City performance more than any other and I do think you're right by the way I do think there are better footballing performances from this Liverpool side but when you're looking at the 12 league games and you look at how each of those play out to see Liverpool not dominate possession and to see Liverpool still go and beat the side comfortably is, is for me, it's the biggest mark of a great side. We're not playing it on our terms. We, we didn't play that game on our terms, and yet we did at the same time because yeah. we knew what to expect and we knew exactly how to deal with it. We just didn't have the ball. 
and 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 because of that, I thought it was an outstanding performance from Liverpool. Defensively, we were unbelievable. You know how how we kept Sterling to no goals and no shots on target. Throughout, even though it lost me money, um, <laughs> you know, because uh, you, you put a bet on, didn't you? But it was him and Mane to have a shot on target, and we didn't know this at the time, of course. But Sterling's never had a shot on target at Anfield. Yeah, that's why. That's, that's why. That's why the fucking bookies just play on him, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> Bastards. Yeah. Um, so for me, that that performance was better than any it was, other. It was brilliant from a from a, a fact of they were starting to creep in this the lucky Liverpool stuff mm. a bit and I think it's a lazy narrative I think you can look at Sheffield United lucky 100% you know you, you, can't, you don't bank on goalkeepers dropping balls into the back of the net you can't when you're doing your spreadsheet and you're working out where your points coming you're foolish to try and bank on those kind of things happening to you albeit they do happen every single every single season we you could argue getting the late penalty against Leicester is a bit lucky, but I think on the on the, on the grand scheme of things, given how few penalties Liverpool actually get, we were only getting we're only, it's it's fair, only fair that Liverpool start to achieve some penalties when yeah. we've got so many good players, we have so many touches in the box, etc., etc. And ultimately, it's a chance that we take and, and we score. It's not like it was a goal gifted to us by any stretch. And then Aston Villa, you know, we we, we against us. Yeah, we, we, but we went and made that happen. We played yeah. till the death. You know, we scored good goals in in, in that game to, to to get that. We crafted good chances. So, and that goes back to my point about getting the goals from all over the place. This isn't Liverpool being totally reliant on three really good players to do all the good stuff for us. I actually think it's. I don't think. I don't think. Bar and Sadio Mane, I don't think he, the front three are in particularly. Great, great form, form to no. be honest, particularly in this little spell that we we've discussed. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think it, it, that's why Man City's so good. As we go into that, are Liverpool lucky? Are, is are we going to see all of this luck finally run out against the best team in the world, elect Manchester City? And Chris is right; he's all right. We 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 stepped up and we we absolutely battered Man City. It, is, is it luck though? Like if those goals aren't in the last minute and Liverpool still creating chances. You, you create your own looking sense, don't you? No, but that's the, that's what I'm. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm. Yeah, you know. You, but you, Ross, it, in the rest of football, Twitter, in the football world, scoring late goals is lucky. It's still in between that's one I mean. and the fucking end of the game, <laughs> which is the same opportunity the other side has. By the way, yeah. it's just that we take ours. No, like it, look, if Virgil Van Dijk wants to punt one up into the air in the 97th minute when we've had two minutes more than the natural, you know, added, added time, and it hits a bed and it dive bombs in and clips in off the crossbar off the back of the keeper's head or something, a bit like Pickford. You know, I, I, no, but I'll take that as luck, and I'll hold my hands up and say Liverpool have been lucky. But I don't, I don't, I, I think look when people say lucky, the vast majority of these people, you, we all know who we're talking about, opposition fans and all that kind of stuff. It's just jealousy, it, you know. And, and we've been there. No, I've been I, giving I, it to Man United. This luck is going to fucking run out at some point. Yeah. Hang on a minute, you've scored another late winner yeah. again. Well, it's only when you realise that you, yeah, it's only when you realise yeah. how good your side is that you realise it's not. We, we have become the side that I hated as Man United sides growing up. You know, this this from from around when I really got into football, probably around you know, probably not long after the Champions League win for Liverpool, and then you know going onwards, and you had that period where Ronaldo was at Man United, and Rooney and Tevez and all that, and they were just so good at turning games around, doing all that. And all those characteristics now, you know, it's amazing to see in this Liverpool side. And on the flip side, you know, I've known a few Man United friends who are also agreeing the same thing right now, but are also going, yeah, and I can see so many things about the glory days and the way, you know, the way the I Man used United to... fans are the, are, the, are the actual best people to talk to about it because they, they recognise it's not just luck. Mm, yeah. 
But City did it two seasons ago. I think he had five games on the bounce. That was luck. <laughs> <laughs> but you, the the goals coming from other areas, Paul's a, a good mm. point because you can see I've got the goal contributions on 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 here as well. You've got what I think page is that? That's the, the one between the two. Section B. Is yeah, that <laughs> that's the one between two ones. So what what I think a criticism from Liverpool fans maybe over the last couple of years has been that there's not been enough goals coming from midfield or not not enough goal contributions coming from midfield. But obviously Chamberlain. As four goal goal contributions in this spell, and then you've got Fabinho and Henderson as well, also providing a goal and assist each. Um, and you know Salah, okay, we've talked about maybe the form of the front three hasn't been brilliant, but Salah Salah does chip in. He's got a couple of penalties along the way, but there's signs already that maybe you know the likes of Henderson and Fabinho, and particularly Oxley Chamberlain, are ready to now start to chip in with a little bit more numbers wise. Well, we're know. competitive. We've got a competitive squad. For the mm. first time, and we'll see how long that lasts because it, it never does. You never, you very rarely have a hundred percent fit squad for very, very long because yeah. that's just football, isn't it? But you know, you, the, the Oxlade Chamberlain stuff is the most important stuff I think in this because you've got a lad there who is doing everything in his powers. But I was talking to my dad about this yesterday and saying like, now he's only doing it against lesser opposition yeah. at the moment, and that's not a criticism of Oxlade Chamberlain because he should be doing it against those teams, and he is so great. You know, tick. Makes a change. Yeah, tick. You know, I, I, like it's like the whole thing I always say about like loan players. Whenever we loan kids to the championship, for me, they should go and be the best players in the championship or in that bracket. Oxford Chamberlain should be better. Should should be the best player on the pitch against the vast majority yeah. of teams Genk, that we call against, against like eighty percent of the teams that Liverpool have to play on on a season by season basis. If he wants to be good enough to play for, for Liverpool, he's not really been tested in the big games yet. But that's. That's to come, but in the in the meantime, what you're getting is Jordan Henderson sitting to the side watching him performing in these other games and going, "Fuck, mm. <laughs> fuck, mm. I need to make sure that I am absolutely happy." So then you have performances like Manchester City, where Jordan Henderson is absolutely outstanding because two reasons: he's had a little bit of a rest, which is great, squad rotation, and he's had a rocket up the arse because he knows that if he doesn't deliver, that's the next the next natural progression. Is Oxford Chamberlain comes in, starts coming in for these games, so Henderson can't afford a drop off, and that's th- that that wonderful pressure cooker. But in that night, in that night, it's a nice building, in, you know, encouraging pressure as opposed to being like oppressive. Like yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not going to be a vicious <laughs> rivalry between the players at Ross. It's going to be healthy competition. Who, you know, a play a, a team of. It's not a team of individuals, but at the same time, it is because they all want to be they want to be in the side, but they appreciate that. They're going to have to work bloody hard to get there. You know, they can appre- there's, there's a there's an appreciation of what everybody else is doing probably in the squad. Yeah, especially for Henderson's case, with A B in the captain. But like, it's not just um, Oxley Chamberlain. He's got to compete with his. You know, there's probably Naby Keita, Genie, and um, Milner in there as well. But it's good that the fact I think Fabinho's kind of given Hendo license to go free sort of towards the end of last season when Fabinho settled in. Hendo had that role further forward, he's getting goals against Southampton and other places like that. But equally, he can play the six if Fabinho needs a rest. So it's not like they're not all competing for one place, they're all competing for three spaces in the, in the midfield, aren't they? Because they're kind of interchangeable. Um, but I reckon Fabinho's just changed his whole side for me. 
the fact that they can go forward, the people that you mentioned before, that are people that are getting goals. Robin Trent can go forward a bit further because mm -hmm. they've got Fabinho behind them. Gene Hendo can go forward because Fabinho's behind them. You know, Chamberlain can go forward because Fabinho's there to, to mop yeah. everything up. And let's not and forget, well. well. exactly, Fabinho sticks a banging against Man City. I'm not expecting him to score five plus goals a season. No, but just be like, <laughs> yeah, But just having that periodically, throw, throwing that in there, that's that they're the levels to, to what we're talking about, and I've been saying this all all, all you know year long. Really, I don't think we've seen the best of the be, what Liverpool's best team looks like. We're seeing an, an an actual evolution of that because again, if Oxley Chamberlain is capable of delivering these performances that we're seeing against the best, he'll make himself. You yes. know, it'll make it it'll impossible for him not yeah. to be in those yeah. not to be in those games because we're not that far removed. A year since we said. Gomez has got to play right back against the good teams, mm. and Trent can't play against them because of the, because of the defensive. We need to have the solid defensive thing, and now Trent plays against everyone because he's so good that you can overlook that you might lose a little bit of something going the other way. But what he gives going forward is so much more. And I still would say, I mean, look, we saw the first glimpses, didn't we, in this period of the Fabinho, Cater, Oxley midfield, and it was bonkers at times. But like for the first outing. I think it was pretty, you know, a pretty interesting experiment, a pretty positive experiment. Still stands to reason that we might yet, if both of those players continue their development, they might end up, yeah, you might end up seeing that more often and in bigger. And all games of a sudden, well. you've got two guys playing attacking midfield who can score ten goals a season, and the rest <laughs> of the world be down when that yeah. happens. Yeah, and just, sorry, just well. I feel like you're going to move on just before you do. If you look at the lads who are fringe players and who've got goal contributions. So Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, four goal contributions. Divock Origi, two goal contributions. Adam Lallana, is that two goal contributions? Yes. Jimmy Milner, one goal contribution. They're all lads, and, and uh, sorry to half back to the shared experience thing, who've been there a long time, yeah. who understand what this side's about. The one lad who's, who's had a who's been there, what, a season and a half now, Naby Keita, but hasn't had that football with everybody, doesn't have any goal contributions in that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know what I mean? And I think that's important as well. So you, you might have more talented players on the bench than Adam Lallana to bring on against Manchester United. But it's He's been experience. there and done it with everyone before. Mm. 
and he knows how they're going to play. And to be fair, I mean, look at the, the Naby stuff. I think we'd all agree he's the one who's the step behind everyone at the moment in terms of you know what he just needs that game time. His body's not allowing him to do it. But <coughs> in so many of those goal contributions that you mentioned, he's actually the pass before the pass. That you look at like Adam Lallana's goal. I think it's him who plays it to Robbo, who cuts it, who, who plays it across. There's a few. There's actually a few instances in that. So he's probably he's behind. But it wouldn't shock me to see us looking at this in at the end of January. And we're talking about Cater with like a couple of assists and a goal or something mm. from, from probably much improved minutes than this, but still probably less minutes than Oxley Chamberlain, etc. etc. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Cater, he's, he's played 228 minutes. I think for me, for me as I said, that the, the worrying performance for me, I say the worrying performance, that's probably a bit strong, but for me, having done relatively well away at Genk, I wanted to see more from him in the Arsenal game because, you know, Arsenal played. A, 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 probably a stronger side than us, but still not an Arsenal side. And they're they're really the 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 Arsenal game and the Genk at home, where he gets brought off in both games. I know he's still trying to find his feet, but you know, again after injuries and stuff. But they were performances for me where I was hoping that he would have just more of a grip on the game and a bit more influence. And and we and we never really saw that. But I'm, obviously, we're going to move on to obviously looking forward because we've got a lot of games to come now. And you know, you you imagine that he's he's going to get minutes well, on the pitch. And, I think just on that, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you're right. I think I think everyone's been a bit underwhelmed by Naby Keita. I, you know, I think this this Social media temptation to put big labels on all, on things at all times is a bit ridiculous, you know. And I like, I think you're starting to hear the, uh, what does he bring? Or he's a flop? Or he's a fraud? And all like you're starting to be people who just making these big loud noises, probably just because they're a bit unloved and they need a bit of attention in their lives or what have you. But he, um, I have seen, I've seen some positives. I think the most positive thing you can say about Naby Keita, and this is going to sound mad from a fifty million pound footballer. Is that he's not been exceptional, but I also don't think he compromises what we do when you put him in the in, in the team. And at the minute, if he's just if the worst case scenario of Naby Keita is that you can give Genie Wijnaldum one in three games off, so that Wijnaldum's fit and functional and able to be at the best of his ability, then great, yeah. then absolutely fine. You know, you, this isn't the stage we're not bringing Jordan Rossiter into a midfield for the sake of just bringing Jordan Rossiter into midfield or or a Ben Woodburn or whomever that we've had, God knows how many other players we've had down the, down the years, he's actually having a positive impact. I think we can all see us. He's, he's a tidy footballer. But he probably just needs that. He probably, but it's he, what you want from squad players. Right now, he's a squad player. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. It's a FIFA culture, isn't it? Do you want them to be better than your first team? Or, yeah, that's probably what people oh, want. Yeah. But the fact is, our first team's pretty damn good. Yeah. It's doing all right on its own. Yeah. So, what the, I don't know. What do you want from a squad player? We've said all along our squad players need to be instead of ten million pounds. This is going back a few years. Yeah. They need to be twenty or thirty million pound players. Man City, Man City got fifty million pound players. Do you think they're still fucking whinging when Mares doesn't do what Sterling does on a weekly basis? Probably. Yeah. yeah. You know why? He's not as good as Sterling. Yeah. Is that? A, is that? Otherwise, if he was better than Sterling, be in the fucking side. Yeah. No. It doesn't make any it. sense. And you don't the... have a, a squad where everybody rotates every week because they're all of the same ability. It's a it tough. Happen. It's a tough spell. The beauty is, of course, is we're not talking about a, 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 a kid, an unproven kid, or a. 30 odd year old lad who's you know he's either you know he's got no idea whether he can be he can reach those levels or he's had his best days and you don't know whether you're going to get that on the pitch anymore there's so much room for development his trouble is is what he needs to do is put five seven out of ten performances in but we're so competitive and again he's look at Alex Oxley Chamberlain yeah. is putting eights nines and tens in in his limited opportunities that it's by comparison he's looking like the weakest member of our squad but fantastic Absolutely fucking fantastic. If Naby Keita and Adam Lallana 
or the or the poorest performers or whatever you want to, however you want to label it's, it. It's not like they're playing poorly. I think that's the thing I've got. I've got to highlight with my play. It's yeah. not like I think he's coming on. He's having an absolutely stinking the place out, and he's being dragged off the pitch. I just, I just, I just, just sort of, sort of respond to your point, Chris. I think you're right. He is a squad player. I don't know whether. Maybe I just had shifted expectations of what I thought he was going to do. Did. You know, yeah. and may, maybe that's what it is. And I think that as a result, your perception of what he's actually doing. Maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe, maybe this is your, your perception. Probably is that Wayne Aldum's not a seventy million pound player. Yeah, and I think he is. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. It's, yeah, it's, no. I think yeah. that's 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 spot on, isn't it? It's. Yeah, it's what it's what we what we expect. This is what we what we're seeing. And again, I come back to this: pick name a fixture that Liverpool could possibly have, and t- and, and if you tell me, Cater's starting in that game, am I asked? Are you asked? You know, you probably go ahead. Okay, you know yeah. the way the way she going. Okay, like intro. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Let's see that. No, I'm not going. What the hell is he thinking doing doing that? Which we do with Adam Lallana, who has proven himself at Liverpool, by the way, who has proven himself at you know international and Premier League level over a, over a, a number a number of years. But that's where where Cater's at. He's falling foul of of our probably expectations. Was watching too many RB Leipzig compilations. Watching, I think I watched two performances for them. And decided he was the best player. Yeah, in the world. absolutely. <laughs> and again, you know, he just and one of them we were in a hotel somewhere, Barcelona, maybe. And the telly was like on a screen up, up, up high, and I was and the cup were big. Yeah, big beers, <laughs> like yeah. Um, we, we we told the barman to put it on just so we could watch Navi Keiter as well. But you know, as so. we move into this period, which is going to be the most intense period I think we'll have ever experienced as a football team, as fans, and all that kind of stuff. What we've done with what we've done so far, and fingers crossed it stays that way through injuries and what have you, is we put a situation where any one of those fringe players that we keep mentioning are more than capable of dropping into any game of football. I mean, you just put in the list. Adam Lallana still still probably is classed by most as the weakest. If we had to play Joe Gomez in a game... Um, yeah, most, people are, fa- most people are clamouring for it. Yeah. yeah. Naby Keita. Except the England fans. James Milner. <laughs> yeah. Prick. Uh, Divock Origi, Oxley Chamberlain, Dejan Lovren, uh, even Jordan Henderson to some to some extent. Yeah. The options are good. The yeah. options are good, Ross. And, and as Paul alludes to there, it is a busy period that we're entering now. We've got 14 games in 42 days, starting from Crystal Palace on Saturday. Um, so, you know, and then running right the way up to like the 3rd of January, which will be the FA Cup third round, which, which we've not been drawing. No doubt we, we get a top six side away from home because that's just the way it goes. Because um, we're lucky. Because we're really lucky and, you know, City getting Oxford away in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals isn't a problem at all. That's a um, really good time. They'll probably get shacked out and ask again, the lucky bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've got on... If you can find them among the pages of documents, that I'm not even going to try. We've got Liverpool's full fixture list. It's got a picture of Jurgen Klopp on it. Um, oh, so, yeah. so from the yes. November the 23rd to the 4th, that's the 5th. Um, you know, you've got you've got a run there which includes two World Club Cup games. You've got Aston Villa in there in the League Cup. There should be a West Ham game in there which has been postponed and tossed into the later on stage of the season somewhere floating in the ether um, at the moment so yeah the, the, not not much on that but Ross yeah um, the full fixture list we've got a 4,437 mile each way trip to Qatar to do maybe Shaqiri's taking that fixture all the way to Mount Doom by the way mate, mate, yeah oh, I've completely forgotten about him he, remember he, he him can, yeah he can, he can re-emerge at some stage that'd be quite useful I imagine um, <laughs> it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough isn't it you know but when you compare you know when you talk about You'll all the things you'll be on the, the bench things, against Villa yeah <laughs> 
the fume. The, yeah, the look on his face. But when you when you talk about what we just talked about and obviously the squad depth that we've got and the, the conversations about the performances that we're having, it makes me feel quite encouraged. You know, it's not it's not like I'm looking at this going, oh my God, how are we going to cope? I'm thinking along the lines of, well, this is the challenge that we're more than capable of meeting. Yeah, I think you've taken into account everyone else is in the same position, mm. really. I know you said we're the same as Man City. We beat Napoli. We can afford to rotate against Salzburg. I think you can just take out the Aston Villa fixture straight away. It'd be nice if you could take, yeah, the Aston Villa fixture. I mean, on paper, City have the same amount of games as over the, over the period. Mm. If you take the Aston Villa fixture out, you know, because our squad isn't going to play that. So City, including a cup game, have 13 games, which is every 3.2 days. We're playing bang on an average every three days um, you know, in that time. So you're saying if you take, we're playing 14 times, take that Villa fixture out, we're yeah. actually playing, our the, first team yeah. squad's playing exactly 30, the same amount yeah. City. And actually, nice. when you break, you've got the full Man City fixture list as there. City as well, I think there's a few interesting things to point at because they've got a tough run of games, but also if you look around Christmas, particularly the Christmas period, they have quite a tough turnaround between quite a few of the games. So they play Wool, they play Leicester on the 21st, okay, but then they've, they've got they've then got a six day rest. But they've then got Wolves away on the 27th, Sheffield United at home on the 29th. Everton at home on the 1st of Jan, and then the cup game that weekend. You know, the, the, the games come thick and fast for City as well, so we're kind of looking at it, and I think, you know, obviously it's great that we're in this World Club Cup and, we're, you know, we're looking at all these games. Actually, I don't think it's quite as bad as the media in particular are making out, to be yeah. perfectly I mean, honest. I, yeah, I, I think some of this is hyped up because there's people who will have rights to these games and they need to, they need to make sure that everyone thinks that the, the Carabao Cup is a big game. Mm. I, don't think we'll, I don't think we'll treat it as such. I don't think we'll be allowed to. I, you know, I did the... The newsroom um, last week with Carl Mark, and we were talking about this about the potential. He, he, he inquired to FIFA about the rulings on the, the squads, and they've not really had any any clarification back on what it means about whether Liverpool can fly people over for these media stuff. The media stuff that they need to do when they get their green screen photos and all that done, and maybe fly some people back for the Carabao Cup game, whatever. Yeah, because if they can't do that, you're dead right. It's just going to chuck. It'll be the barest of bare bones yeah. squads what we might what's not been factored in is that Klopp probably would be is probably quite happy with a bit of warm weather training in the middle of it you know gets to yeah. take the lads away and it's not like when you take them to Marbella or whatever and they don't play a competitive you know they're just training and, and what have you yeah, they're being kept in rhythm at the same time but they also get a bit of sunshine they get probably get a bit of relax spend some time in the hot tub and, 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 and chill and chat they could come home with a little bit of a suntan and a prestigious trophy at yeah. the end of it and then you settle them back into the winter the winter period so you know we're not gonna it's not gonna be potentially anyway obviously injuries will be the big contributing factor to this it won't I don't think it's as you're right I don't think it's quite as damaging as maybe some do might you think there's a scenario at all Chris where obviously because the first game on the Wednesday in, in Qatar is a semi-final You'd expect we're kind of talking as if we've got both, you know. As if we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, you know, almost definitely be in the final. No, there's, is there a third? There's a third play, player. I think there's a third, well. fourth place player. So, so you've got two games to play. Is there a scenario? Do you think where, depending on, say, the opposition in the in the semi final or whatever, that there are a few first teamers left to be mixing in with the Villa squad, and then they just fly out for the final slash the third, fourth place playoff of the weekend? No, or do you I, think no, I, I we don't just think jib so. off the Villa the, game the way, that the, the way that I've had the things explained to me, and I'm, uh, listen, uh, I've not caught up on the Carl Markham show yet, um, is that Liverpool have to have their players out three days prior to the tournament to take part right. in the commercial duties. So Liverpool are going to take their entire first team squad, I think, and split that into two groups. 
One for the semi-final, one for the third, fourth place playoff slash final. Yeah, I think, so that's, you, two, I think that's almost two separate sides because yeah. there's two days in between it. Yeah. So I think you just treat that as let's just go two games. Yeah. Two different sides, if you can, okay, uh, or or very close. You can't. But what we're saying is, basically, you can't leave any at all. You can't. You can't. You're not going to be able to. The only the only way you could conceivably bring someone in for the Villa game is if they were flown to Qatar to do all these duties and uh, then flown see, back right. for the Villa game, then flown back to Qatar for for right. the game, yeah. which is not. A, but they, again, they even that's be, not been confirmed be, yet. They have to be in Qatar on the fifteenth right. for media duties. Now, no one knows if that's for one day, two days, or three days of media duties prior to the tournament. The Villa game's on the 17th. So, as Paul says, sounds like you can go back and forth. Don't see the point personally. I think a big fuck you to the Carabao's absolutely fine in this scenario. Um, a, a load of trust in the kids as well. Mm. Play your players, come back. And uh, the, the interesting thing for me is uh, moving on to the league stuff, because I think that's more important for yep. us all right now, is that I don't know how Leicester's squad deals with that. For the amount of fixtures yeah. they've got, yeah. and though, and I know how Manchester City squad deal with it, but I think you know the injuries that they've had so far this season and stuff like that. I'm not sure how Chelsea squad deal with it. I'm not sure how young players playing that amount of football can continue the, the level of consistency well, that they've had this far. Leicester have got that. I mean, you look, looking at the fixtures of the of the rivals, I guess for top four as it stands, and obviously City are finally starting to play some good teams because we'd seen that the table of strength of schedule that came out last week, where City have basically had the second easiest start of the season so far mm-hmm. out of everyone, which is uh, yeah typical. Like, um, but obviously they play in this in this in this upcoming run. From the weekend onwards, Chelsea, United, Arsenal, Leicester, Wolves, and obviously Sheffield United at the moment are, fifth, are right, right yeah. up there. So, you know, that, that could still be a difficult fixture. Although I think their legs will have fell Newcastle off. Newcastle away, they lost at Newcastle last season. You That's know. it. And, and you've mentioned they've got the Zagreb away game in there before going to Arsenal, which is a big which is a big old trip to, um, to undertake. But the Leicester thing, I think, Chris, Chris is right, you know, they've got Everton in the League Cup, City away, then us at home. Over that really busy period, you know, just before and after Christmas, that'll be a big, mm. big, big test for them. Um, I, and we, you know, I should be, maybe I should give more credence to, to Chelsea. I don't know. I, I mean, they've got some tough games again, as mentioned, City, Spurs, and Arsenal in in, in this spell. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think by Chelsea. the time you get to with when it certainly when it comes to Leicester for me, by the time you get to the twenty first of December, Man City play Leicester, you'll be able to decide whether or not. By that point, if Leicester is still about, you know, if they're still within a couple of points of City or even ahead of City, then at that point you go, okay, well Leicester are involved, and they're, you know, but for me that is a game there where you go, you reach that point and you can see you've had you've had a busy period. They've got a chance teams. to set the narrative for the yeah. season in that in that build up because you're dead right because it's the difference between are Leicester fighting for top four or are they fighting for. The title, or are they fighting for the second second place in the league, or whatever? Yeah, you're right. That that we that's a fixture we'd have probably dismissed three months ago, mm. and all of a sudden, you know, particularly given all the exertions and the fact that City will have played some big games in the, in the build up to that as well. You're right. Leicester could if if it, if it's neck and neck at that point. Brendan Rodgers just sending them into it's, that game going, got lads. It's chance to be neck and neck as well. I mean, Brighton away, Evan home, Watford home, Villa away, Norwich home. Are their fixtures before they meet Man City in the league? Yeah, mm. they'll be. I yeah. think they'll be there or thereabouts with Manchester City after the uh, when they come to play them. Yeah, and I think that puts huge amounts of pressure onto Manchester City as well. 
they could put a dent in their title hopes. They've already lost three games so far this season. Yeah. You could see they, they, could, they could easily lose to Chelsea. And this is the and thing United. for me, again, we were discussing on the round the league this morning. Uh, my confidence about the league challenge going forward from a Liverpool's perspective is not necessarily that Liverpool aren't going to lose three games. I think, you know, it, it's feasible with the amount of fixtures going on and some of the fixtures we've got to play. Liverpool could go and lose three games, yeah. you know, but I still, when I look at Man City's run, I, I, I fancy them to lose more before we've lost three. Yeah. And I think, I think that for me is at the moment where I'm sat there and I'm like, you know, it's not done at all. There's a real busy period coming now. And I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I think it's a done deal that Liverpool are going to go and lift this trophy. But I think, well, we go through that period. I don't fancy, I, don't, I wouldn't say Liverpool are going to win 14 games out of 14 games, but Manchester City certainly aren't, especially with the fixtures that they've got. You know, when you compare the league run that we've got and compare what they've got, you know, we've talked about the, the ease of the run that Man City, Man City have. On paper now, we've got a pretty much similar story. You've got the likes of your Brightons and your Watford at home. You know, you've got, um, you've got Bournemouth away, which historically over the last couple of seasons we've done quite well at. These are the types of games that I expect us to be winning. City, meanwhile, have got to go to Arsenal, got to go to Burnley on a, a midweek game. It's 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 can tough. I, can I just do the hundred point watch segment of the show? Go for it. So to get to hundred points, Liverpool need to win twenty and draw six of their remaining twenty six games, or another way round, win twenty one, draw three, lose two. Take that. To do to get to 100 points for Manchester City, win 25, lose one. Yeah, I, I think for me <laughs> that's a fucking big ask on the 100 no, points. But but they're, they're capable. They, they are because, capable because they can win 18 of the last 19 it. games last season. But Liverpool are capable of doing yeah, uh, yeah. win 25, this lose one as well. This upcoming weekend, I think, is so massive to all of this. Mm. Like because. Because of the way the fixtures have fallen, you know, Liverpool on paper have the easy, the easier run of op- opposition teams. It goes back to that that the the strength schedule table and what have you. That you know, our next five is ranked as nineteenth most difficult, uh, and then the remaining season is ranked as eighteenth. We've given ourselves the best possible position in this. City going up against Chelsea at the weekend. Palace, we have we've ridden our luck a couple of times at Palace in, in recent years. Late winners, all that kind of stuff. Because of all that brilliant work we've done, just psychologically having another, I take another ground out win to get us over the line on that. But you just, you don't want to have done all that hard work to get that point gap established over Man City to then to slip slip up a little bit at your first next possible opportunity. But you, you know, if you can go and no matter, because I think City will beat Chelsea, if I'm honest, but. It, they'll have to exert a lot of energy to do it, I think, because Chelsea are going to Chelsea will go and look to give them a bloody nose. I don't think Chelsea will come and park the bus. I think they'll go and swing for them. You know, you, they're going to come out a bit short of breath. You know what I mean? Out out of that game, and if we've managed to get the points, you, you know, you, you want they'll you, you just you want them drained. You want them thinking, God Almighty. That was so grueling, and Liverpool have just gone and yeah. done done it again. Where are we going to start to close the gaps? It's a good question. Uh, it's half five Saturday nights. So they play after us, oh, so mm. that'd be nice. You know, obviously, if they we show up there and we, we do the job at Palace, they then go into that home game against Chelsea, 12, 12, 12 points behind. And Chelsea, as you say, the last couple of seasons, Chelsea really haven't bothered showing up at Man City. Last season, I think it was 6-0. The season before that, Conte showed up. 
parked the bus and lost 1-0. Uh, you know, that was the season City run away with it. But yeah, I think you're right. I think the way, it's, to be fair to Chelsea, Lampard's got them playing, you know, without fear. They're just happy to go and, 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 and win games and play the football. And maybe that, maybe that is a reason that they'll come undone a little bit because, you know, lack of experience in, yeah. in games where they come thick and fast. But at the same time, I think going into this weekend, Tammy Abraham's absolutely on fire. You've got Mason Mount. Um, and you've, you know, you've got the likes of Reese James as well. I think they'll be, they'll be full you've of confidence. You've got Leicester, and I was going to use the expression, snapping at Man City's heels, which is actually completely the opposite <laughs> of technically what's happening in the league at the moment, because Leicester are above, above Man City. But you've got a, a, Leicester to Brighton away. You'd be banking on Leicester picking three points up there, and that's the point. All of a sudden, you, 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 this, this next three or four games has got the potential to change the conversation from City are looking at our results as the first results to City are looking at Leicester's results as the first result every weekend all of a sudden because if they were to drop points, even if they only get a draw against Chelsea and, 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 and Leicester pick it up, well, that's what, what's that make it like four points or whatever it'll be? The, the gap starts to grow between um, between Le- Leicester and City and that, has, that becomes different. Liverpool stand on the precipice of being too far away. That, you know, we've talked about it all the time. You know, nine points. We wouldn't if I, if, I, if we were chasing City. If we were nine points behind Man City now, I'd be like, nah, that's that's the that's, difference that's, that's is they've won it before. True, true, that, that's, true enough. That's why I think we'd be like, it's probably game over at this point. But there's also that point, isn't there, where they go, whether having won it, have they got the desire to recapture it? Do they start to turn their attention to, the to other things? Exactly to all yeah. these other bits and pieces. Do does the does Pep Guardiola psychologically? Is he able to keep himself in, in check because we know how intense he gets over these things? And I, I, I'm hoping, and I, the way I've looked at this, this stale and stuff with the Gomez stuff is, I think they've been, they're, so, they're all so tightly wound over it that it's not going to take just a little poking and prodding here and there. And, and they're looking to scratch well, people's teams, eyes We've out. seen it, we've we've seen it already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but watch the Sheffield United, <laughs> doing, yeah. But like, in terms of... They won't, though, really. Like... <laughs> And I, and I don't think they ever take the focus off Liverpool, no matter how far yeah. ahead Leicester are. I, I genuinely, I think their focus is Liverpool. But on the pitch, I think you know, as, as Paul alluded to, be there, like, just be though. a little bit of provo- pro- uh, provocation. Just teams, we've seen evidence already when teams go for it. Norwich was the best example for me. Teams go for it. City might just begin to. I'm Wolves. Um, yeah, when, but when, Wolves, when they Wolves fucking resign really the, company the in a month's game. time, you know yeah. the shit in the bed. Yeah, basically, yeah. It comes comes oh. to January. Oh Imagine. my god, yeah. It doesn't get any more obvious, does it? <laughs> oh yeah. They might as well just paint. We've shit the bed on the side of the Etihad. <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing. No I'll one do. would ever see it though if they put it on the side of the Etihad. Yeah, sure. If they put it inside, they wouldn't see it. Yeah, to be honest, away right. from the cameras. <laughs> yes, basically. Right. Uh, we'll wrap it up there, gents. Mm. Thanks very much for joining me. Um, don't forget to check out the um, the your subscription to the Athletic and the best football writing in the world, including the likes of James Pearce and Simon Hughes. You can go over to theathletic.co.uk forward slash TV for 50% off your annual subscription and a 30-day free trial. Also, um, don't forget that the, the likes of the um, the Umbu this week will be coming, the Uncensored Match Build-Up Show, and also the Around the League um, show is out tomorrow, today, today, on the, uh, on the Redmen TV. Ross doesn't know, well. I asked him. Ross, yeah, no. He shook his head at you. <laughs> no, and then you made the final decision. <laughs> <laughs> it's today, it's today. It's coming out later on today, or it might already be out by the time this is Brilliant. out. Brilliant. Wrap sure. it up, <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 and thanks very much for watching and listening. Thanks very much for joining me, guys. Goodbye.